I remember it uh, pretty well. This was a whole bunch of years ago when I was in my 20s, and it was Christmas time, and we were over at uh, one of my cousin's house, and you know we were open presents, and his daughter gets this present and opens it up, and she starts crying and yelling, this is the wrong one! And I, and I remember, you know, thinking, I, you know, because I was pretty wise, I was probably about, you know, 23, 24 at the time, so I had it all together, you know. Uh, but I remember thinking, you know, I, I mean, it's one thing if it's just you and your kids, but, I mean, there was probably, you know, like 30 people in the house at that time, so, you know, you know uh, but I... She's not the only one that has ever gotten a gift and gone, oh, that's the wrong one, or I don't like that gift, or what were you thinking? I, I used to buy Terry clothes. <laughs> I will say no more. And then I remember, as I was thinking of gifts, I remember when Terry and I got married, we were opening up wedding gifts, and, you know, we got this beautiful crystal bowl, and we pulled it out, and sure enough, at the bottom of the box was a little card that said, to the people who we got the gift from, and from somebody else. You know, you get re-gifting. You've, you've probably experienced that, right? Okay, now, true confessions, how many of you have done that before? Have you ever regifted? Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least a couple of you are honest. Uh, clearly, uh, gift giving and gift receiving can be an interesting uh, journey, an interesting story, um, and it, it's interesting how things have evolved over the years. And now, you know, we have gift registries. So, if a young couple's getting married or they're having a baby, you know, you go. And you, you have a registry, so now you can get exactly what they want. Um, we, my family, my extended family, we were going to, for a few years, we were drawing names, and then I found an app, of course, that you could draw names, and then part of that app is when you could go in and put the gifts that you wanted so that the people who had your name knew what to get you, and so... I mean, there is this problem that we have in gift-giving without a list, and that problem is, is that you could get it wrong. But there's a reward too, right? I mean, if you give a gift or receive a gift without a list, I'm sure you've received a gift somewhere along the line where you've just gone, how did you know? Or maybe it's a gift of, this is amazing. I never thought of it, but now that I've received it, this is amazing. Uh, I'm I'm not a fan of lists, even though I you know I I get it. It's a whole lot easier to give gifts. I get it. So I'm not trying to trash on anybody's parade here. Um, but the best gifts I've ever received in my life were ones that I didn't even know I wanted. And you could tell that the person that gave me the gift took the time to think about me. 
And I've had a few experiences where I've, a thought has come to my mind and I've put together a gift and I've given it and it, it's that same reaction. It's like, wow, thank you. The Bible tells us that our Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. And His gifts are the kind that we should open up and we go, wow. I I really didn't realize that this gift was for me. Now, I, I think some of us at times, you know, um, we probably think of the gifts that God has given us, and sometimes God, I wish I would have had a different gift. I really don't care for this gift. I, I mean, I get that we're we're humans, and, and it's part of living in this flesh. But we we have to know, and we have to put our faith in our heavenly Father that He knows what gift that you need and I need. He knows what to give us. So this fall, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And we're going to be talking about unwrapping spiritual gifts. And for me, this is really exciting because many of you already know the spiritual gifts that God is giving you. And some maybe don't, but Wherever you are in this journey of spiritual gifts, my, my desire is that by the end of this fall, that you have unwrapped whatever gift God has given you, and you are ready to use it to serve God and to serve the church. So this fall, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts and how they function, how we are to use the gifts to build up the body Uh, what role each gift can play in the church and how each gift, no matter what it is, is equally vital to the health and vitality of the body. And then as we continue through this year, next we get past Christmas and we're going to have our small groups, just like our small groups are going through Rooted this next winter, our small groups are going to go through a quick curriculum that deals about spiritual gifts, and we're going to be able to do those and learn more about spiritual gifts in depth in that small group setting. So I'm, I'm really excited about the next few months as we go on this journey together. So this morning is uh, kind of an introductory stuff, and so I'm going to go over some introductory stuff before we really take a dive. First of all, I want to just talk about some possible resources for you if you are at all interested. There are some books. I'm, I'm going to show you some books. You can write them down if you want to. I, I'm going to, in our e-bulletin over the course of the next few weeks, highlight each one of those books and kind of tell in a little more detail what I really appreciate about them. Uh, this first book is called Gift and Giver. It's by a professor named Craig Keener. I read this book probably about five, six years ago. Uh, Craig does an amazing job in uh, diving into the theology of gifts and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I highly, highly recommend this book. Well, every book I'm going to mention here, I'm going to say I highly recommend. That's why they're up here. So let's just get that out in the open. 
Uh, Practicing the Power by Sam Storms. This is a book that the elders went through um, a few years ago. Uh, Sam Storms is a pastor, theologian, um, and his, his writing is very pastoral, and yet his theology is very deep and solid. Another book is called Why I Am Still Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Jack Deere, who's another pastor theologian. Jack Deere and Sam Storms are pals. Both of these guys were guys that um, early on in their journey thought that the spiritual gifts were not for today, and then God did some stuff in, in their lives and showed them that they are for today. And so because they went from not thinking the gifts were today to the gifts are for today, and because they're both theologians, they wanted to dive into the biblical um, biblical reasoning by why because of why the spiritual gifts are for today. So, again, these two guys uh, write very pastorally, even though it is very in depth. Convergence is a book that Pastor Chris and I stumbled upon last winter. Uh, John Thompson is a pastor of a church up in Toronto. And convergence for him is when spiritual gifts and spiritual disciplines, which we've talked about a lot over the last year, and the Holy Spirit, when they converge, revival begins to happen. So I highly recommend this book also. Uh, The last one called Unlocking Your Gifting by Robert Clinton. This one's an old one. And uh, our elders and our staff are reading this one today. They absolutely love it. I say that with a little bit of sarcasm because this is a textbook from a seminary, from Fuller Seminary, and it's, it reads like a textbook. So I, I, I warned both staff and elders when we started this. I said, just so you know, this reads like a textbook. And our first meeting with both of those groups, they're going, oh, yes, this does I had to read that page over and over and over again. Um, But it's based on theology and experience, and a lot of terminology that that we're going to be utilizing will come from this. And like John Thompson's book, Convergence, he gets a lot of his stuff from this Unlocking Your Gifting by Robert Clinton. So um, those are just... um, you know, five books, there's many more out there, and I know there's many more, but these are the ones that over the last few years have been kind of in my purview that I've read and, and that um, I, I recommend. Um, so take that for whatever it is. Pick one and read it by next Sunday. Absolutely. And if you're really, really adventurous, do this one. Good luck, is right. Um, When we look at spiritual gifts, there are basically four primary passages in the Bible. Uh, There's from Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. And so through the course of the next few weeks, we will be referencing these passages. So to Eric's saying, to read something by next week, over the course of the next few weeks, Take and read these passages. Just meditate on them and, and let God's Word. And then do the whole contextual thing. Contextual meaning, you know, 
go into Romans 11 and then read past Romans 12, 1 through 8, and get the context of what Paul's talking about, even in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians chapter 4. Just what is the context of what's going on? So this is your opportunity to do some work in preparation for what we are going to be talking about over the next few weeks. So today, my sermon is titled, It's Yours, Open It. The foundational piece for us to understand as we talk about spiritual gifts is that you have been given a gift, or you have been given gifts, so it's your responsibility to open that gift, understand that gift, learn how that gift functions in the church, and then use that gift and serve the church and serve Christ through your spiritual gift. So, I, I just want you to get to understand this. The gift is already given through the Holy Spirit. Now, what are you going to do with the gift? It's really, really up to you. Paul said, or Peter says in his letter in 1 Peter, in uh, chapter 4, verse 10, he says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It's right there. Basically, what I've been telling you is, Peter says it right here. Each of you have received a gift. Now, whatever that gift is, use it to serve others as a faithful steward. So God's grace, the Greek word charis, His grace has been poured on you, and you are to be a steward. A steward is one who manages and supervises and is in charge of something. Either you're a steward of your own possession and your own finances, you steward them well, you want to manage them well. And so even often when I pray for offering, our prayer is that we as a leadership would steward the church finances really well. Sometimes it's stuff for what other people, you, you steward other uh, things for other people. God has given you gifts, steward those things well, because it's God's grace. Now, what is this grace that Peter is talking about? Well, let's jump back to chapter 2, verse 9 of 1 Peter. Peter says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Okay, You did nothing to receive this. Charis, grace, gift. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So this is the grace that Peter is talking about. You you are God's people because of what God did and what God gave you. 
not because of anything you've done. Okay? And, and I need us to understand this well, because sometimes when we talk about doing works, serving, it, it's not, well, are you talking about working for our salvation? No, 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 no. Salvation is a gift. It's a done deal. Now, what are you going to do with this grace that you have been given? So, steward God's grace. And a way you steward God's grace is by using the gift that He has given you for His glory. And as I said earlier, it means learning what your gift is. It means unwrapping that gift and putting it into practice. It's just like anything else in life. You receive something or you have something, you have to use it to get better at it. It's like if you give your child a bicycle and then you put the bicycle in the garage and you say, don't touch it, because you're going to fall and get hurt. Or your expectation is that they pull the bike out of the garage, they hop on it, and they go flying down the road. No problems. We don't expect that with our children, with practical things like that. We should not expect that with spiritual gifts from God. You see, you and I need to Use our gifts to become more proficient at using that gift. And it's your responsibility to do that. It's not my responsibility to get you to use your gift. That's, that's your responsibility. Now, it's my responsibility plus others' responsibility in this church to help you, equip you, teach you, yes, but it's your responsibility, your big boys and girls, to learn what your gift is, put it into practice, to serve. And I, I know some of you are already doing this already, so I, I, I don't want to make it sound like you guys are clueless. Many of you are already doing it. I'm just trying to lay a foundational piece so that we have an understanding of what we're trying to do. Now here's the, the, the scary thing about this, is that you and I will be held accountable for what we do with the gift that God has given us. Let that sink in a moment. You and I will be held accountable. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. We've heard that before. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Okay, this is not salvation. You are saved by grace. You're in if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. What this is talking about is there will come a day when those who are saved will stand before Jesus 
and will have to give account for what we did with the gift that he has given us. It's not a guilt trip. I'm not trying to strike fear into you. Because this accounting is a reward if we look at it the right way. This is not bad boy, bad girl. This is, wow. You took that gift and you did that? Wow, way to be faithful. Way to serve others and serve me with the gift that God has given you. Paul says a similar thing in um, 2 Corinthians. He says this, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. So this is this, this using our gifts for his, to serve others. This is living by faith. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's what we want to do. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So there we have two passages that show that I have been given a gift. God has made me this way. It is my responsibility to learn how to use that gift and to serve others and to serve Christ. And someday, when Christ comes again, I will stand before Christ and He will say, Hey, uh, while you're in the body, this is the good you did. Woo-hoo, reward, reward. This is the not-so-good you did. Now, what happens with the not-so-good, I don't know. I'm not really concerned about it because I'm focused on the good. Because I make it my desire to serve others and to serve God with the gifts that He's giving me. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm a pastor. I, I didn't choose, I, you have to be honest, I have to be honest, I didn't choose this job. God called me into this. Okay, If you would have told me when I was in my 20s that someday I'd be a senior pastor of a church, I'd say, yeah, right. And it wasn't even until my late 30s and early 40s that God began to move, move me into this place. Now, I was doing youth ministry, so I was pastoring and serving that way, but trust me, it's way different being a senior pastor than a youth pastor. You can get away with a lot more of the youth pastor. Just, just saying. Um, <laughs> but again, what, what I'm wanting us to understand as we move forward in this conversation about spiritual gifts is that when we discover our gifts and use them to serve others and to serve the Lord, God will reward us. So, spiritual gifts. Um, Sometimes it's good to bring a definition. What are spiritual gifts? And I know that there's, there's probably, you know, 
Each of you could probably find four or five different pastors or writers who have come up with spiritual gifts. As I said, I'm going to utilize a lot of what comes from Dr. Robert Clinton's book. Uh, and, and I really like his definition of spiritual gifts. And so he defines spiritual gifts this way. A spiritual gift is a God-given unique capacity which is given to each believer for the purpose of releasing a Holy Spirit-empowered ministry either in a situation or to be repeated again and again. So let me break that down. God-given unique capacity. Each one of us has a unique gifting. It's God-given. And even the capacity of that God-given ability is from God. It, it's from God. That, that, that's what it is. I, I'm, a, I'm a leader, extra, you know, a, a teacher. This is what I do. This is, I, this is what I do because of what God has done and given me. Other people, they have different gifts. They, some of you would never want to be here. You wouldn't want me to replace Eric because God did not give me the ability to sing. You know, so you get, get the point. Each believer, again, nobody in here can say, I don't have a spiritual gift. You do. You maybe haven't gone through the process of learning what it is, but you do. Releasing a Holy Spirit-empowered ministry. We are all called to be ministers of the gospel. How we be ministers of the gospel is part of how we are gifted. Some of us are, are, do ministry, Holy Spirit-empowered ministry, by leading. Others by hospitality. Others, others by serving. Whatever it is, you have a ministry to do, and it's not to look like anybody else's. It's supposed to be the way God has wired you. In a situation, sometimes God gives you a unique empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do something that's way outside of your purview. Okay, You shouldn't even be doing this, but God has put you in a place where you have to do it, and so now you're doing it. Example. Um, I was uh, when I was a youth pastor. We had uh, a young man who was really having a hard time with his mom. Single mom, having fights all the time, all all that kind of stuff. And I knew. For a period of time, I needed to help this young man get out of his home and into a situation, an environment that would be healthy for him and for his mom, just for a period of time. Um, there was an older couple in our church. Kids were all gone. Um, they, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where you look at them, you would go, yeah, you know, taking somebody in would not be in their wheelhouse. And yet, as I was praying about who God would have this boy, Harley, whose home he would have go into, I was at a church event, and I was sitting down, and I wasn't paying it. I wasn't even thinking about Harley in this situation because I, there was stuff going on. I wasn't up front. I was just sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden, the woman, Pam, got up. And she started walking across. 
And I heard God say in my heart, Pam and Norm need to take Harley in. It's like, one, they'll never do it because, you know, they're older, they're retired, they're travel, all that kind of stuff. They, they just wouldn't do it. So I went up and asked, and they said yes. And they became a father and a mother to this young man. They never brought anybody else in their home. They never helped any other teenager. But I believe God gave, you know, Holy Spirit empowered them to do this for Harley and for this situation. The last part of this definition, repeated it again and again. There are some of us who have a gift and it's just over, you just use it over and over and over. My mother, gift of hospitality. She just... She just used that over and over and over and over. And you, how is that Holy Spirit empowered? Trust me, if you saw the way my mom could whip up a meal in 30 minutes for a dozen people with whatever's in the house, you'd go, yeah, that's Holy Spirit empowered. There are some fishes and loaves happening there, if you get what I mean. But, but that, that was a spiritual gift of my mother, and we had people in our house all the time. All the time. So that's spiritual gift. Let me, let me read that again. A spiritual gift is a God-given, unique capacity which is given to each believer for the purpose of releasing a Holy Spirit-empowered ministry either in a situation or to be repeated again and again. There's another thing we're going to talk about a little bit as we go through, and that is a giftedness set. This is three things that kind of make up your giftedness as a whole. The first thing is spiritual gift, which we've just defined, so I'm not going to go into that anymore. Another is natural abilities. These are capacities or skills or talents that you have that are just innate. They allow you to accomplish things because you can just do them, and it's easy and all that kind of stuff. So, like, uh, my, my dad could fix anything. It just, it, it was innate in him. He just fix it. In fact, he um, worked for a printing company for years, and he got that job because he was a mechanic in a gas station, and the owner of the printing company came and said, hey, Don, you want to work for me? My dad says, I don't know how to print. And he says, I'll teach you to print. It's your mechanical ability I want. And my dad could fix any of the, the printing machines, the folding machines, the cutters, the staple, anything. He just, he just fixed them. In fact, uh, when the, this company was growing, they, had the, they bought this big German six-color press, and they only had it for a few months, and something happened, so it wasn't working. The closest mechanic, now, my, I grew up out in Wilmer, the closest mechanic was in Chicago. So they had to fly the guy out, and my dad was like, yeah, that's never going to happen again. So he just watched this guy, and he figured it out, and then he fixed it from that point on. It was an innate ability. You could just do that. Um, The third part of the giftedness set is acquired skills. These are skills and talents and capacities which you have learned by just going through life. So my dad, innate ability to fix things, an acquired skill was fixing big six-color presses. Okay, So you see how our innate ability can go along with learning acquired skills. Now, I have acquired skills of administration. 
It's not an innate ability. It's not. I know sometimes people think that, yeah, Brad's pretty organized. That's an acquired skill, and I have to work at it. There are some of you that administration, it just flows. That's not me. But this is what we will call, as we go through this whole series, our giftedness set. So each of us have a unique spiritual gift, some maybe gifts. We have some natural abilities or innate things that we can just do. It just, it, it's a no-brainer. And then there are acquired skills that we develop over time. All of this fits into, for me, um, Ephesians 2.10, where it says, we are God's masterpieces. And we are created in Christ Jesus to walk in good works, which he's planned. And God has plans for you and I to do, ministries for us to do, Holy Spirit-empowered ministries to do, and you are His masterpiece, we are His masterpiece, each one of us has gifts, each one of us has innate abilities, each one of us has acquired skill over time, and when we function together, we are the body of Christ, and when the body of Christ functions together, look out world. The key here is that we all need to do our part. The body of Christ needs you. The body of Christ needs me. The body of Christ needs all of you. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says this, starting with verse 3, 4, By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We belong to each other. We need each other. We need to do this together. We are called. You and I need to know our gifting, and we need to grow in our gifting, and we need to serve each other with our gifting. So as we wrap up this morning, um, three times in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, in one way or another, Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. In 12.31, he says, Earnestly desire the greater gifts. In chapter 14.1, he says, Earnestly desire the things of the Spirit or the spiritual gifts. In uh, 14.39, he says, Eagerly desire to prophesy one of the spiritual gifts gifts and to earnestly desire. The Greek word is where we get our word, be zealous. And when you're zealous for something, you move after it. It's an emotion that causes your behavior to change. When I was young and I earnestly desired Terry, I called her and wrote letters and spent time with her I wanted to be with her. When we think of spiritual gifts, 
We need to think of them similar to that from the standpoint of we need to earnestly desire the gifts that God has given us so that we can serve and fulfill the call that we have on our life individually and corporately. So this week, begin by just talking to God. God, show me how you have gifted me. Just start there. Then read. Read the four passages that I laid out early. Just just read about those gifts and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through His Word. Talk to others who know you and just say, so how, how would you say I'm gifted? And then learn. Learn as much as you can about the gifts. And then when you learn what your gifts are, and we'll talk about this more as we go through this series, step out and use them. Get on your bicycle, even if you need training wheels, and go. If you're a gifted leader, lead. Find some place where you can use your gift to lead. If, if hospitality is your thing, like my mom, serve, be hospital, invite people over, whatever. If it's, if it's generosity, just start being generous. Give like crazy. Again, our desire as a church, one of our parts of our vision is our vision is to be a faith-filled, Christ-centered group of people, and part of that is to equip people according to their spirit's gifting. This is why we're doing it. It's part of our vision. It's what we want to do. And so our goal over the course of the next month is to equip you to serve God according to your gifting. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, that you have gifted each one of us. Um, I pray that your Holy Spirit would begin to work in each one of us and reveal to us our gifting. And that we would help each other. We would help each other in that journey. And that we, as a body of Christ, we would do that together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.